there were two young brothers, um, Harry and James, and they'd finished their dinner and were playing until bedtime. And somehow, as always with kids, Harry hit James with a stick. Like, the thing is, it's, okay, just pause right there. Like, they're all playing nicely. All of a sudden, let's bring out a shovel. Let's see what happens with a shovel. Um, that seems the way it goes with kids. But Harry hit James with a stick and tears and bitter words followed. Charges and accusations were still being exchanged as their mother prepared them for bed. Now, boys, what would happen if either of you died tonight and you never had the opportunity to forgive one another? And James spoke up first. Well, okay, I'll forgive him tonight, but we're alive in the morning. He better look out. (laughs) Forgiveness is one of those things that is central to Easter. It's right smack bang in the middle. And as we've been even sharing today, as we've been talking about it, there was a requirement for Jesus to go to the cross so that we could receive forgiveness of sins. It's an amazing thing. And, like, and, and I, I'm, I'm sure all of us, like, at least up here go, yeah, the fact that the cross is there and forgiveness is there and it's available to us, it's an amazing thing. But what we can actually see at times is that we can get a little bit over-familiar or underwhelmed by the immensity of forgiveness available there. It's central to the, 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 our story. It's essential to the gospel. In fact, even Jesus, while he's on the cross in, in uh, chapter um, 23, verse 34, he says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. Even on the cross, when the most horrific things were happening to him, these were some of his last words. This was some of his last focal point. Father, forgive them. It's central to what Jesus was talking about. And a little later in Luke 23, you see the last act of Christ before he dies was to forgive the thief and guarantee his future in the kingdom. And you can see, so in Christ's heart, forgiveness is so central to what he was doing on the cross. It is so central to the Easter story. And today I want to talk about the fullness of forgiveness and how we can truly live the forgiven life. Because forgiveness even though we say it so freely at church, forgiveness is a radical thing. Forgiveness dissolves the alienation. It brings reconciliation and restoration and renewal. Forgiveness is the most radical force in history and Jesus is the most radical person in history as he brought it. And so today I want to move through a bit of a journey and talk about, I suppose, the size of forgiveness, how big it really is, but then talk about the pathway that we can have to, to find the forgiven life. Well, first of all, I want to talk about the possibility of forgiveness. Again, I've, I've come across people who um, they live, have lived, I suppose, large lives, maybe outside of, of God's sort of way. And so they look at their lives and go, how can God forgive what I've done? How can God forgive that one incident that was so horrific? How could God do that? Because I can't forgive myself. Or how could God forgive that person over there who did something so horrific to me? How could God forgive that? Well, the problem is it's not about our desire and what we want. It's about the size of God that we worship. And in fact, God never talks about forgiveness in any partial way, any any small way. It is always big. 1 John 1 9 says, But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just 
to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Now, this doesn't talk in, in parts. As there's no fractional forgiveness here. If we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive our sins, plural. All of them. He forgives all of them. Every single one. Now, some of you are a bit older than other people. You've actually racked up the miles on the sin side. Some of you are a bit younger, actually working really fast on it as well. You're going to catch up to some of the old people really quickly. Okay? I'm talking about the kids here. You're working a bit too fast on the sin side. Um, If mum's screaming at you at any point in time, you're working too fast. But either way, what we have done, God says, I will wipe that clean. And and then he goes into the second part of, I will cleanse us from some of your wickedness. Part, most of your wickedness. No, all of it. And the thing is, again, some of us, again, this is probably part of the problem with forgiveness as well. This is a side note. Some of us go, oh, I don't really need it that much. Look at my life. Some of us look in the mirror and go, I'm as close to perfect as God could get. Like I suppose there's a, and and we, we basically miss the point that, okay, now when, we actually have a life that is, is full of attitudes and, and stinking thinking that, and, and even the actions that we do that actually displease God and break relationship with God and break relationship with others. And God says, you know what? I want to cleanse you from all of that. And I'll look at why of that a little bit later. But Micah 7, um, 18 and 19 says, Who is a God like you? Micah's having a conversation with God. And who is a God like you? Pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance. He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. Again, we look at the fact that God moves with love towards us. This is why forgiveness is such an available thing. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread on our iniquities underfoot. And you will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. When God talks about sin, he talks about removing them. He doesn't talk about going, okay, um, I'm just going to cover them up, put a band-aid over it. Like, I I don't know about you, have you ever sort of found something that has just got mouldy at home? Like it could be dishes, it could be water bottles, it could be clothes, whatever. It's just got mouldy. You don't just sew something over the top of it or cover it up with something else. You, you throw it out. And sometimes you think, well, maybe that's what God needs to do with me. I'm, I'm, I'm so mouldy, he just needs to throw me out. But God says, no, no, I'm going to take the mould. I'm the best mould sin remover in the world. It's going to come out and I'm going to remove it from you. It is never going to come back. I'm going to cast it out into the sins, into the depths of the sea. Part of the problem here, I heard a joke one time that, that God wants to forgive us and, and remove our sin for us. And we are so, we come to those points where so much desire that we want God, you take this sin from me, I don't want it anymore. And the next day we go get a boat and we go out fishing to bring it back into our lives. God says, no, I want to take it away from you. Don't pursue it, don't run after it. There is a possibility of forgiveness for each one of us. There is a possibility of forgiveness in this world. And that's such an amazing thing. There is not a single sinner on this planet that is beyond the grace of God. Now, for some of us, we kind of struggle with that idea because we look out and there's some people who don't deserve it. And if you want to look out at people who don't deserve it, go find a mirror somewhere and look into it. 
because we fit into that category as well. We don't deserve the grace and forgiveness of God. But it is there for us. It is available there and it's, it's possible for us. But also, it's not just possible. I also want to talk about the completeness of forgiveness. Like God's forgiveness, it, it's a finishing work. It's a full work. Like it's, it's not like your kids when you go tell them to clean their room and they, they might pick up a few things, but there's still stuff. There might be still stuff growing in the corner there. They haven't done a good job. Or maybe you've got someone you work with and you go, oh, hey, this is your job. And they never quite finish the job and you're always chasing up after them. God's forgiveness is complete and he desires it for it to be complete in our lives. I think the only hold up for us at times is that we prevent the completing work of forgiveness in our lives. We prevent it. We actually, God is doing this amazing cleaning work and we go, hey God, that's enough. Like, it looks really good over there, and if I just turn my back on over here, I won't even see it. But God wants to do the work completely. In Acts 13, verses 38 and 39, it says, Let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. And by him, everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. Everyone who believes will be freed from everything that holds them down. That talks about completeness there. There is an idea here that like God does not want to leave anything in your life that is going to be of detriment to you. He will do the work completely. We see it again in Psalms 103 verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Now how far is the east from the west? I was waiting for someone to actually go, oh, it's actually this number here. Like, but, but the thing is, it's, like if it's, it's, it's not sort of measurable. It's, it's, it's this idea. And that's the thing. God actually moves it that far away from us. Psalm 86 verse 5, You, Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call to you. To all who call to you. Again, there is no one in this building today that is beyond the forgiveness of God. There is no one in your workplace that is beyond the forgiveness of God. There is no one in your neighbourhood who is beyond the forgiveness of God. There is no one in our governments that is beyond the forgiveness of God. That's how big God is. There's no one in jail who is beyond the forgiveness of God. There is no one who is living horrid life that is beyond the forgiveness of God. Why? Because God's forgiveness is big. It is huge. It is massive. And so if God came to only partially forgive, he is not a big enough God to do what he set out to do. But because of who he is, because of the cross, because of the amazing work he did in taking all the sin of the world at that point in time, he is able to not only think of the possibility of forgiveness, he's able to complete the work in our lives. So Jesus died so that forgiveness is possible for all and that we can experience it completely. So what is the pathway of forgiveness for us? Well, first of all, we need to realize that God forgives you. Now, I just want us to dwell on that for a bit. God forgives you. God looks at your life. 
He knows exactly what you have done. He knows exactly what you will do. He knows the attitudes that are on your heart right now. He knows the things that you did yesterday and tomorrow. And yet he says, in love for you, I still choose to forgive you right at this moment. That needs to be a truth that we really take to heart because too often if we don't realise that God forgives us, if we try and earn his favour to work off the debt that we owe him, all of a sudden we can't receive all the, the next steps of forgiveness because we're not relying upon this first one, that God forgives you. Jesus didn't go get locked up in, in jail for a few years to pay off our debt. He didn't sort of pay some huge sum of money to pay off our debt. He went to the cross so that each one of us could know forgiveness. Ephesians 1, 7 to 8 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he has lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. The reason that God is able to and wants to uh, forgive us is out of the riches, his abundant riches, his overwhelming riches, his unending riches of grace. And he wants to pour that in, in, he wants to lavish that in our lives. When's the last time you actually got lavished with something? Like, okay, for some people, some kids today, they might be getting lavished with chocolate. Um, but most of the time, as we get older, we don't lash out and lavish ourselves on anything. Yet God wants to, to lavish his grace upon us through his abundant riches. And that's where our forgiveness comes from. God forgives you. The second step of, 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 of living forgiven is that we need to forgive ourselves. Now this is a bit of a, a two-part thing. That One, we need to realise that God has forgiven us and receive that forgiveness. We need to receive it. Like if we kind of go, yeah, I know God forgive me, but he, again, we go back to that first point, but not, not me. God couldn't do it. Or maybe I don't need it. And we actually reluctant to receive the grace of God into our lives and therefore we prevent God doing that forgiving work in our lives. But we also need to forgive ourselves at times because in, in a, on, a, on a switch side, because sometimes we go, oh, I just, I can't, I can't live with who I am. And so I can't live with what I've done. I know God's forgiven me, but I can't live with who I am. God actually not only sort of um, forgives us the things we've done, but he also cleanses us of the guilt that we feel. Psalm 32.5 says, Then I acknowledge my sin to you, and I did not cover up my iniquity. Not that we can, but David here is basically saying, I've, I've gone to God, I've said, this is what I've done. I've owned it in front of God. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Guilt is one of those really difficult things to work with because sometimes it can really trap us. We feel bad for something we've done and sometimes we feel bad for something we've done for a week, two weeks, 10 years, 20 years and we look back and go, I wish I would have done that differently. God wants that to be forgiven as well. And again, we can't do it outside of him because if we try and do it outside of him, we try and make up for that guilt. We try and do good with our lives, to, not because we're trying to please God, but to make up for the wrong that we've done. 
And God wants us to start a place where we have a fresh slate that we can serve Him and follow Him and do all the things He wants us to do out of just love for Him. Not out to, out, out to make things up. Um, so we need to forgive ourselves. This next one is can be a difficult journey for a lot of us because forgiveness of others is necessary. If we truly receive forgiveness, we will truly forgive. But if we hang on to something, it can be something that prevents us from receiving the fullness of God's forgiveness. And there's so many reasons for it. I know people can get hurt, like uh, about a, a harsh word or or um, um, maybe a betrayal, maybe um, a long-term sort of um, bullying at school or, or other things. And all of a sudden we're going, I, I, how can I forgive that? Well, God says, like, you can forgive that because I've forgiven you. And if you receive my forgiveness, then you're able to pass on my forgiveness through your life. Ephesians 4.32 and said, Be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Now sometimes we actually bear ill will against people around us because something they've done to us. We go, well, they've done the wrong thing, like they need to make it up to me before I'll forgive them. Now, if you use that standard then that's the standard God will use against him. He's told stories about that through the gospel, saying of, of the, the servant who, who was forgiven and then basically forced another servant to pay back his debt to him. If we basically hold people to account for the things that they've wrong, done wrong to us and will not forgive them, we will not receive the forgiveness of God. Our heart will be hardened to receiving that. And so we need the forgiveness of others is necessary. Proverbs 17, 9 says, Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. And see, that's, that's the big problem with sin. Sin breaks stuff. It breaks relationships, it breaks society, it breaks the world. Whereas forgiveness, it brings about a healing that brings things back together. So we need, need to remember that God forgives us we need to forgive ourselves and the forgiveness of others is necessary. And this next one is going to sound a bit strange, maybe a bit heretical to some of you, but just, just wait till the end on this one. I'm just prefacing that one. Sometimes we need to forgive God. So just hear me out before I go too far. Go, go too far. Um, have you ever been upset with God because of pain and frustration and failure in life? God, why is this happening? God, I'm hurting so much. God, I can't do this any longer. When are you going to step in, God? Now, some of us don't do that because we think we're not allowed to. And so we actually hold it in. And, and you know how, like, um, because we, we pretend to be that, that, that Christian that we're not upset, but we're really lying to God and ourselves. We can pretend with others um, uh, when, when others go, how are you doing? We can say, fine, and the other person goes merrily along while we're steaming inside. Have you ever had that happen to you? Where someone's gone, hey, how are you doing? And you go, fine, and and like, and then you're sort of going, I'm not really fine and I'm not going to tell you and I'm not going to forgive you and I'm just going to sit here and nothing's going to be resolved. Now, just um, this is a, a side note. Husbands, if your wife... You ask the same question to your wife and she says, fine, it's a trap. 
Okay, don't fall for that trap. Okay, fine does not mean fine when you're asking that question. But the problem is we can't pretend with God. If you are struggling with feelings of, of emotions against God, saying, God, I don't know why this is happening. I'm, I'm upset that you've allowed this to happen around me. We can't pretend with God. We need to express ourselves. And it might come out like a big sort of, sort of volcano of blah to God. God, why is this happening? God, I'm feeling so much pain. Like, I, <laughs> I can't stand that person. I can't deal with these things that are happening in my life anymore. And we should have blurred that out to God. God, why did this happen? Or why didn't this happen? God, I'm hurting over this. Or I really wanted that. And at the moment of being real, if we are seeking God, he will begin to straighten out our hearts and minds and ultimately deepen our trust. <coughs> because it's not that we need to forgive God, but we actually need to get to a point of deeper trust in what God is doing. And if we are able to take that journey and actually express ourselves fully to God, all of a sudden, we are pretending with him. We have, we have heard in our lives, and, and God is saying, I want to heal that, but to heal that, you need to be truthful with me. And once you're truthful with me, I may not even tell you why, but you will grow in trust with me. This is the story of Job. Job, if you read the book of Job, Job was walking a fine line with God by the end of it. He was demanding God give him a reason for why the things were happening in his life. Now, was there some resentment in Job's life? Oh, most definitely. Now, Job had not done anything wrong beforehand, but he was coming close during his whole trials. And in the end, did God tell him why? Not even close. In fact, he sort of gave Job a bit of a quiz. He said, Job, where were you when I laid the foundations of the world? Where were you? Like, like you, you sort of seeking me to sort of explain myself to you, but can you tell me how to lay foundations of the world? Do you know how to put the stars in the sky? Do you know how to create the mighty animals that are around this world? Can you tell me how to do that? But through that journey, Job repents of his attitude and he comes to a place saying, God, I do fully trust in you. And so when I say that we need to forgive God, we need to feel free to express our hurt to God. And because I know there's nothing that God will ever do that we will need to forgive him for. I know that. But sometimes it feels like that and we need to journey through that to actually expand our trust, to deepen our trust with him. If Christ went to so much trouble for forgiveness, we need to make sure that we live forgiven. Live forgiven. To live in the freedom that it is there for us. To live in the power that it is. Because forgiveness is a path to, power, to the power of Christ. It is a gift that we both need to receive fully and to give it out fully to those around us. Forgiveness is freedom. It is something there that will free us and enable us to live more fully for God and to actually live more fully the life He desires for us. Hebrews 8.12 says, For I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sins no more. God can actively forget our sins. He does that so that we can be free. We need to receive that so we are not actively remembering our sins and continuing to live in bondage.
We need to actively forget the sins of others against us as we forgive them. I will remember their sins no more. 